The following message was preached at Flint Hill Baptist Church. We would love for you to join us on Sundays for life groups and worship, or on Wednesdays for adult Bible study, kids, and youth activities. For more information, visit flinthill.net. I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning. If you'll open them up to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, I just want to share out of God's Word this morning. We've been in a series, Live Like Jesus series. And, um, and I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and forewarn you a little bit this morning. This passage, uh, one, of my, one of my, I say favorite verses, one of the favorite verses God, God brought to my heart many years ago. But I will tell you, it's one of the most challenging portions of Scripture's for any of us here today. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 21. Hear the word of the Lord. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and said, Never, Lord. He said, This will never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me and you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good is it for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give to, in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. And I tell you the truth, some of you are standing here today that will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Father, we come before you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, and I pray, Lord, open our hearts in our ears to hear this morning. Amen. So this message this morning is take up your cross. Take up the cross. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So there's several things I just want to share with you this morning. The first thing is this, the people and the cross. In other words, here in this context in the first century, when Jesus was sharing this passage of Scripture, there were two kinds of people in the gathering as they were gathered together. There were two kinds of people. One was unbelievers that would have been gathered up. In other words, these people could have come from all walks of life. They could have been there, could have been religious people in the sense, the Jewish people that had a heritage, doesn't matter. Or it could have been those that were on the, on the fringe, on the outside looking in. And they were just curious as to what he was saying. But make no mistake, when Jesus turned to the crowd, he said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. To the unbelievers in the, in the multitudes on that day, it meant literally this. It meant to come to Jesus for what? For the new birth. To come to Christ for salvation. Come to him so that your sins can be forgiven and you can exchange this old life for a new life in Christ. But there was also a group of people there on that day that were believers. They had trusted in Christ. No doubt his disciples had already answered the call to come after him. And in that, for those people there and for those people here, the call to take up your Christ, to come to him, literally means to what? To surrender your life to him daily in obedience to him and his word. 
Discipleship is on God's terms, just like coming to Him in salvation is on His terms. The Lord reminds us in this passage that the key to discipleship, that means following Christ, involves self-denial, cross-bearing, and a loyal, faithful obedience to Him and His Word. To deny oneself, Paul would confess, it means that there's nothing good that dwells in me. That means my flesh. It, come, it, it literally means, the word literally means to completely disown, to utterly separate oneself from another. And in this case, from my very self. In other words, that self that says, I can do it on my own, that's not. You can't come to Jesus. You can't come to your Savior and bring anything of value. It is literally upon the grace of God that we throw ourselves and it's only by God's grace through faith in Him and the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross that we're saved. But make no mistake, in the first century, there was two groups of people listening to the words, first words that He spoke that we record through the Gospel of Matthew. And those two same people are sitting here today. There are some of you here today that know Christ personally as your Lord and Savior. And yet God, God is calling you Take up the cross. For some of you, you might have taken that cross up a long time ago, but you laid it down at some point somewhere. But thanks be to God, you're here today, and God is still inviting you and me to take that cross up. But make no mistake, there may be some of you sitting here today that have never taken up the cross of Christ. And today, right here, right now, here in this place, you have the opportunity to trust Christ personally as your Lord and Savior. And as this preacher stands up here before you today, I will tell you the greatest joy that you'll ever experience in life is when you come to that place where you would repent of your sin and your self-assurance and your self-own self, repent of yourself and turn to Christ personally as your Lord. If the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart today, Open it up. You know, I remember having a conversation with my dad. My dad passed away about a year and a half ago. And my dad was about 63 years old before he came to faith in Christ. And I remember he came, he came and listened to me preach because he loved his son, you know. I love my daddy. Anyway, but he would come. My dad didn't know the Lord. Boy, he'd come, and I can't help. I'm just going to preach Jesus Christ alone. I'm just going to preach Jesus. That's all I can do, church. I mean, you know, because I know without Christ, I'd split hell wide open, only by the grace of God. But I remember Daddy would come, and he came, boy, boy, and he'd get under conviction, man. Lord, knocking deep on his heart. He would even weep. I mean, I never saw my dad cry, and all of a sudden he's teary up. But he'd get a little frustrated with me, and, and then he'd end up not coming back to church. <laughs> anyway. But can I tell you what? You can't run away from the Lord. You can't. Because I was on the back porch with him sharing John 3.16 and the same conviction hit him again. Here's what I'm going to say to you. If the Lord's knocking on the door of your heart today for salvation, don't act like it's just going to happen anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to open that door wide open and turn to Christ and trust Him. And I will tell you, my dad did. It took some years later, some years later, but in that hospital room at Shelby Medical, used to be called Shelby Medical back in the day, he trusted Christ personally. I hope that's your desire today. So there's the people and the cross. The, the next thing I want to share with you is the price of the cross. 
the price of the cross. Jesus said in verse 21 that, it, that he began to teach his disciples. He said, I've got to go to Jerusalem. There's no way for forgiveness and salvation except through Jerusalem. And he, it, was a, it was a must. That's the whole concept, the wording of the language, the necessity. But he also had to suffer many things. He, he, he had to endure much, and he had to be killed. There was a sacrifice that had to be paid for the sins, our sins, humanity's sins. And he's saying, look, this is the price. The price is my life. The theological word is substitutionary atonement. That's a fancy way of saying Jesus stood in our place on the cross. Thanks be to God, but it's a price that he paid and paid dearly with his own blood. Why? Because he loves you. Good night. Man, I can't even preach that hard enough. He loves you. Some of y'all are going, you don't even understand. Split, you know. I'm messing up my, my daughter will get on to me for hitting the board right here. I just want you to know that. I really do. Can I tell you that? I, I remember the day when I, I remember, I remember as clear as it was yesterday at Selma Square Apartments when, when the windows of heaven opened up and, and I began to, for the first time in my life, know how much God really loved me. When I repented of my sin, turned to Christ, it was an overwhelming sense of his joy, his peace, his love. Friend, that's not just some fancy prayer. Man, that's for every. Every person. He said to anyone. He said anyone want to come after him. Anyone here today could come to Christ. Repent of your sin. Turn to Christ as your Lord. But there's a high price. There's a high price. Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to die. To take up your cross is not just some kind of deeper spiritual life that only a certain religious elite can achieve. Nor is it just common trials or hardship. Mm -mm. Taking up one's cross is simply what? Willing to pay any price for Christ's sake. It is the willingness to endure shame, embarrassment, reproach, rejection, persecution, even martyrdom. For His sake, to take up your cross is to be identified with Jesus personally and passionately. In every area of our life, there's a price. We also see in this text the pressures of the cross. In verse 22, it's probably one of the most staggering verses for me. I mean, I, I mean, how in the world could Peter rebuke the Lord? Jesus said, I've got to go. I've got to go to Jerusalem. I've got to endure these things. I'm going to be killed. He misses the whole idea on the third day going to be raised to life. Peter takes him aside. I can only, I wish I could have been there in that moment. The scripture is clear. He begins to chastise the Lord and rebuke him. He stands against him and says, that's not going to happen. And the Lord rebukes him back. Now what's interesting is he calls out the real person behind this. Now some of you men that were here with me yesterday, there is a real enemy to the gospel. And it's not flesh and blood. And so he speaks to the, he says, get behind me Satan. He didn't say get behind me Peter, he said get behind me Satan. Why? It has been Satan's plan from the beginning. Go back to Matthew chapter 4. He did everything he could to keep Jesus from going to the cross. He wanted him to do all kinds of things. If he could just go around us, let's not go to the cross. Let's not have you die for the sins of humanity. Even in Peter's own mind. We can, we can say what we want. But in the first century Jewish mind, they were looking for a Messiah. But they were looking for someone who was going to restore Israel and overcome Rome and the Herodians and all these people. They, had, they wanted a military leader. They didn't want a Savior who was going to die on the cross. He didn't understand that, y'all. But friend, make no mistake, 
There are pressures still today of the cross. If you choose to take up your cross to be identified with Christ, don't, don't kid yourself. There'll be pressures. The world still wants forgiveness without the cross. They don't want to have people repent of their sin and trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Lord and Savior. They don't want that. So if you choose to be identified with a Savior, then make no mistake, there's going to be pressures from within and without. Don't kid yourself. Go to work tomorrow and try to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Not church, but talk to them about Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. The only way to the Father, the only way to have forgiveness of sin. Go ahead, share with somebody this afternoon. You'll feel the pressure. Why? Because we live in a world that won't say, mm -mm, just believe whatever you want and you'll get there. It didn't just start now. It didn't just start in the 21st century. It was going on in the first century, y'all. But make no mistake, there's pressure when you want to take up your cross, when you want to be identified with the Lord. Now, we may not want to say this, but there's also persecution because of the cross. Some of y'all read the book, uh, Their Blood Cries Out. The martyrdom that's happened even in the last century was just catastrophic across the world in which we live. Not much is spoken of that today. We, we're blessed. I'm going to tell you, we're blessed. We, we sit here today in a sanctuary that is just blessed. This is a beautiful place, beautiful campus, beautiful church, and I'm thankful to the Lord that all that God has blessed us. We are blessed people. But friend, there are people today gathering up, uh, worshiping the Lord uh, it's called the persecuted church. They're hidden in certain places because if they preach and speak the name of Jesus, they could lose their life. We don't talk about that, but it's true. But now look, persecution. Now look, Jesus said in verse 21, he endured persecution. Now hold on. In, in his first sermon, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, blessed. Are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me? Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. In the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you and they persecuted our Savior who died on the cross. There's a reason why Paul and Silas were in that prison in about midnight. What'd they do? Come on, y'all know. Were they whining? They were complaining, weren't they? I know they weren't. They were saying, I wish them boys get us out of here. No, they weren't. I mean, what? No. Well, there's nothing in this world that's going to enable you in the face of persecution to praise your Savior except God himself working in your heart and your life. And so they began to worship him and praise him. But don't be, don't, don't, don't be shocked if the world doesn't like you sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to those around. Don't be shocked when people come against you and say all kinds of manner. It, don't be shocked. It doesn't feel good. Don't be honest with you. I'm not, I'm, but it happens. There's a, there's a persecution because of the cross. There's a, even in the first century, it was coming against the, the mindset of the religious elite. But Nate, make no mistake, God has called us to take up the cross. And it leads me to my last thing, the purpose of it. The purpose of the cross. I've said this several times in this passage. The language of this passage is very intentional. That word must, Jesus used, must go to Jerusalem, must suffer things, must die, must be raised on the third day. It, it is a language that, it's an imperative in your Greek language, and it, and it communicates absolute necessity. There is no other way except through the cross. There is no backup plan. There's no alternative plan. There is none. 
In other words, MacArthur said in this moment, there was a thundering shout from all eternity when he spoke the essentials, the unalterable plan of God set in motion in this moment and going forward. There is no other name under heaven in which men, women, boys, and girls can be saved. It's only through the cross. It's only through Christ, his death, and his resurrection. I love how he puts this. Christ does not call disciples to himself to make their lives easy or even prosperous, but to make them holy and productive. You know, there was an old hymn written, Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, mm -mm. there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for you and me. Jesus said if anyone would take up that cross, anyone, that's the invitation. This morning the invitation is real clear and real simple. I believe Jesus is speaking these words to us right now. He's knocking on the door of our hearts even so to take up our cross. For the believer that's in the house of the Lord, it might be you taking it up again. Maybe you need to come forward in just a moment and you need to be honest before God and repent and just come before the Lord in, uh, in this altar. Maybe we just need to be really honest with the Lord in this moment and say, God, I haven't really taken up that cross. I kind of set it aside. Been more concerned about myself, my life, my identity, and other things. But Lord, from this point on, I want to take up your cross. I want to be identified with you. Now, I really do believe the invitation is for all of us. When Jesus says, Come after me, make no mistake, if you're here in the house of the Lord today and He's knocking on the door of your heart to come to Him, today's the day to come. Not tomorrow, not this app, right now, right here. For some of y'all, that means to come forward and make public your profession of faith and follow through believer's baptism. For some of you, it might be a renewal. In other words, I'm coming back to the Lord and to God's people, and I'm standing here today saying, I'm going to take up the cross, and I'm going to follow Jesus wherever He leads. I'll go. I don't know. I get besides myself sometimes up here. Lord, help us right now. Father, I just want to ask you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would just move so greatly in our hearts. God, as we begin to sing a song of invitation, God, that you would, Lord, get hold of us. Challenge us. God, let it be like in the first century, the very first moment when you spoke these words. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow you. So, Father, I pray right now, right here, God, that you would have your way. Let us be more concerned about our faith in Christ than anything else right now. Let us be more concerned about your word, your will, your plan, your purpose for our life right now than anything else. Let us sing this song, not in just ritual, but Lord, let us just, God, just speak to our hearts. If we have breath in our lungs, you've got a purpose for our life today. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Stand with me, church. Stand with me this morning. This altar's open. You come.
As we sing, you come.